0: Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 10.45 a.m. Today's message is Missing the Point. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas.
1: I want to ask you, if you've ever been in a situation where you've just missed the point, right? There's that, that phrase, missing the point. Um, and and maybe, maybe you said something and someone else missed the point, or maybe you were the one that missed the point. Now, I, I can remember back in school, there was always uh, that one classmate that uh, you, you know, a group would tell a joke or something, everybody would laugh, and then like 30 minutes later, they'd start randomly giggling, and you say, what's so funny? And they go, oh, I just got the joke. You know, so so they just miss the point, right? For for so long and, and then then it comes back and then, oh now I get it. You know, well, we do that all the time, right? We we miss what's what's important and the reason for things. You know, one thing that we try to do as parents is I think a common goal that we all have is we want to be good parents, right? But none of us really know how to do that. And so one thing that we thought we were like, you know what, we're gonna have a game night. You know, a family game night. That will be fun. You know, we'll get, get everybody together and we'll play different games and, and things. It'll just be a really bonding experience. And so we, we start the game night and immediately it starts off arguing which game we're going to play. And then it's like, well, who's on whose team? Well, I don't want her on my team. I don't you know and then and then you start playing and it just devolves into chaos, right? And what you want to say is like, "Girls, we're trying to be good parents here. We're trying to have fun. This is fun. This does bond us together. It draws us closer together." And you know what? I hate you now. <laughs> you know, it's like you've completely missed the point of family game night. Right? And, uh, and, of course, that's a silly example. But it, I'm sure we've all experienced that, right? Where we go through things, and, uh, and then it just, it, it's like, did they even hear what I was saying? Well, we're going to look at a, a couple different places uh, in the next couple weeks, but for sure today. A place where the disciples just completely missed the point. And, uh, and we see that quite often throughout Scripture. And, and you know, I have to think. We don't know this because Jesus always responds actually in very loving and kind terms because you know, I guess that's part of his character. But uh, you have to think that on the inside he's just kind of like, oh my gosh, I've been talking to them and talking to them and talking to them and they still don't get it. Right? And this is getting close to the end of Jesus' life. And, uh, and, and he's saying some things and, and the disciples' perception of what the kingdom of God is is just really messed up. And so it, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. I believe that's on page 707 uh, in your, your Bible. And what, what has been happening, this passage is in Mark. It's also in Matthew chapter 20. I believe there's it, even a version of it in Luke. And uh, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God. He's been talking about the simplicity of the kingdom of God. He's been talking about how uh, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be like a little child. right? It's, he's redefining what the kingdom of God really is. Um, but, but the disciples' understanding, as well as all of the, uh, the Jews in that day, the religious leaders and everybody, they felt that the kingdom of God was going to be a very real organizational structure. Right, that was going to come and be put in place in uh, Israel and it was going to be a political structure, but, but it was going to be a, a kind of a government basically. That's what their understanding was of what the kingdom of God was about. And Jesus just went on and on trying to, to explain that's not what the kingdom of God is. Right? He said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Right? That's not a big organizational structure. Right, he uses all these different examples. But this is a, a great case of missing the point. And so he's been talking about this. And then James and John, two of the um, three of the, three, uh, the disciples, you know, they were the upper echelon, if you will, of the disciples. Uh, here they are, and they approach Jesus. Matthew chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Now there's a a few things going on here. To, To go a little bit easier on James and John, they are actually doing this from a good place. They want to be part of what Jesus is doing. They're all in. Right? They're like, you know what? We want to be part of, of you. We want, to be, uh, we, we want to be part of your kingdom. And you know what? We're human. And so if we're going to be part of it, we wouldn't mind being up here. Right? And, and it's not completely bad what they're doing. They desire to be with Jesus. They desire to be part of what Jesus is doing. But the way that they see what Jesus is doing is a very human way of looking at things. See, because we as, as humans, we like organizational structures to a certain degree. Right? And, and sometimes we, we don't. We, we're like, oh no, that's too many rules. But we all like some sort of structure. It's hard for us to figure it out, uh, how to do things without it. Right. And, and that is the case. We have to have organizational structures. You look at how our government exists. We have to look at at a government. Well, how do we take care of people? Well, you have to have some sort of organizational structure. The problem is, is how do we go about doing that? How do we go about uh, finding that the disciples where they were messing up is they are seeing the kingdom of God as just another organizational structure. One that's going to be better, right? They're thinking it's going to be better, but it's just another organizational structure. The problem with organizational structures is they are hierarchies. It doesn't matter how you do it. They are going to be a hierarchical system, and that flies against the kingdom of God. And see, and we've, we do this, again, with our government systems, right? Right? We desire to form some sort of a structure that, at least in the United States, that creates freedom for the most amount of people, right? And is it perfect? Of course not, but that's what it's trying to do. You know, that's the same thing with different philosophies of government, right? Of With socialism or communism, whatever it may be. Here's the problem that makes this even worse. No, or for the most part, most organizational structures are not evil in themselves. Even a dictatorship is not evil in itself, if that person was good. The problem is, and the next thing that we see here is the element of human selfishness. James and John, they love Jesus, they want to be part of what Jesus is doing, but you know what? They kind of want to be special within Jesus' organization. They want what's best for them in it. Now, they may have proper motives in that. It may not be anything bad, but, but there's a selfishness involved in that. And it's the selfishness that destroys all of our structures, right? That's what makes capitalism, that's where the faults are, is because there are people selfish within that. Within communism and, thing, and socialism, you say, oh, we're going to make it even for everyone. It sounds really fair, but you, you, you're not accounting for the human element of selfishness. And that's what we've seen anytime time that's played out, right? And so when the disciples, what they're thinking about when they're talking about the kingdom of God, they're thinking about this new structure that Jesus is going to put in place. And then they're already in their own selfishness. They're like, oh, we want to be up here in that structure. We don't want to be down here. These people are important. You know, we, we love them, but we want to make sure we're here. Man, that's not healthy at all, is it? And if that's the mentality that we take with us whenever we start thinking about the kingdom of God, then we're basically going to make no impact in the kingdom of God. And here's how I think that we've done that as a church culture if you will. Is we've kind of put an emphasis on the organizational structure of the local church. And we kind of have said, yeah we know that that's just part of the kingdom of God but that's the part that I'm connected with, which that is true, but then we kind of elevate and say, you know what, we just want to be part of that organizational structure and because we're all inherently selfish, we start looking, well, how can that structure benefit me the most? You know, and and you see this kind of play out in in different ways, Uh, but, but all of a sudden, we start viewing the church as something, well, how is this going to benefit me? Rather than what am I supposed to do and how am I going to make a difference in the kingdom of God around me? See, we've, we've got to start getting to the place where we see the church differently. The church is a vehicle to help us impact the kingdom of God. The church is not a destination. It's not the kingdom of God itself. Right? And this, is, this becomes a really fine line Whenever you start talking about this and start preaching about this, because it it really flies against everything that I kind of grew up thinking about the church. And I don't want anyone in here to to think that I don't care about the church. I do. I wouldn't have moved here and started a church if I didn't think the church was important. However, I think that we have elevated the organizational aspect of local churches and has disregarded the kingdom of God. We have to get to that place where we realize, you know what, God is not calling you to serve in the walls here. He's calling you to serve out there. But here's the hard part, and here's why it's, it's hard to do this. Whenever you start looking at what it takes to have a church and a church to be successful and a church to have enough people and resources to exist, you start realizing, man, I, I, need to, I need to emphasize the importance of this place. Right? I need people to come. And there is truth there, but it's a balance because we don't want our view of the kingdom of God to be about what you're doing here. It's what you're doing out there. And what we do here is to encourage you, to equip you, to be an encouragement and a, a place where you can come and worship and experience the presence of God so that you can take that with you outside in, to, to your work setting, to your social settings, to your, uh, in your family, with your family, your kids, friends, all of that stuff. That's the kingdom of God. That's where we need to be interacting. That's where we need to be sharing our faith. It's too often... We've kind of made the church the destination. We said, you know what, I'm really making an impact in the kingdom of God because I, I volunteer on this committee, and I serve here, and I serve there, and, and all that's good stuff. But if we're not careful, we can forget that, man, we have a lot bigger calling. A guy named Eugene Peterson, he uh, wrote the, or he translated uh, the Bible into the message, um, if you, you've ever read the message, it's a very contemporary translation. Um, but he, uh, but he's a brilliant guy, and he talks a lot about pastors and things like this. And this is, uh, this is definitely geared at pastors, but it, it speaks to kind of uh, a dangerous church culture that we can create. It says, Pastors of America have morphed into a company of shopkeepers, and the shops they keep are their churches. They are preoccupied with the shopkeeper's concerns, how to keep the customers happy, how to lure customers away from competitors down the street. The vocation of pastor has been replaced by the strategies of religious entrepreneurs with business plans. Now, that's pretty harsh. Very few pastors, and I believe this completely, very few pastors actually would use those terms to think about what they're doing. right? That, that's, their, that's not their intention. But... It easily turns into that. You know, I, I mean, even as I, we were planning to go through and plant journey, you kind of start coming up, well, well what are your, what's your mission statement? What's your vision statement? What's your, what's your this? What's your, what's your business plan? We just don't use that term because that's not spiritual. But that's exactly what it is. And while we do need some of it, we, can't, we don't just condemn all of this, we do need to recognize and be real careful where that can lead. Because then all of a sudden, you start saying, you know what, I've got to make everyone happy. Well, good luck with that. Right? And then you start saying, hey, in order for us to do this new ministry, we really need to have a little bit more resources. So we really need more people. Well, if I go reach people who aren't going to church, they're going to come and you know what, they're not going to give. So, you know, we really need people that already are in the habit of giving but maybe they'll lock our church a little bit more. And so we subtly do things. Maybe they'll come from that established church over there. They've got plenty of people. Maybe, maybe we can get a couple of their families. Right? And again, some of this stuff, it just happens that you can't do anything. There, I'm sure there's some people that intentionally think that way, but it seeps in, right? And you've got to be so careful with that. And the reason all of that happens is because one, we view the kingdom of God too much like an organizational structure, a new one. And then because we're selfish, we're like, hey, we want ours to be the best. And then what it does for the consumer is that you come to the church and you start looking at things as the from the perspective of a consumer. And you're like, well, you know, I really need the church to do this for me, to do this for me, this for me, and this for me. If they do those, that's pretty good. And then if you come three weeks from now and we've taken away that ministry, you're like, I'm out. You know, because we view that we can view the church as a consumer, and because we're selfish, we want it to meet our needs. i right? This is a I'm going to show this little video, and uh, and it's just a a funny take on that. And of course, it's over the top, but I think it it uh, makes some some pretty good points. Uh, of viewing the church from a consumer previously on church hunters this is your first church this is creekside first baptist honestly
2: right up front uh didn't love the name
1: the sunday morning experience was just a little too traditional
2: hey guys how we doing hey good how are you doing good so i know you didn't love the traditional vibe of the last place okay Okay. but i think this church is really going to do it for you yeah it takes relevance to a whole new level Behind me, you will see Molded Clay Jar Art Tapestry Canvas Mosaic wow. Church. Mm, I love beautiful. it. Right? So see? you've heard of interdenominational. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've heard of non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Well, this church identifies as inter-non-denominational. Wow.
0: Well, that's that's perfect I love for us. It. it really is.
2: But here's the kicker. A lot of celebrities go here. Yeah. What? Jeff Foxworthy.
0: No. <laughs> we love him. Yep. We really do.
2: Ben Higgins from ABC's The Bachelor. Perfect. <laughs> Several Real Housewives. Ooh. Wow. And... Usher even came here one time. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, follow me. Come on. Nice. Do it. <laughs> so refreshing. Honestly, that last church was just way too traditional. It was yeah, too much. It was like
0: we left there feeling convicted. Like, uh, ugh. Right.
2: Right. We're just we're looking for more of a Tony Robbins type. Sermon. Like
0: inspiration.
2: Like a TED Talk with a Bible verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Right. It's perfect here. We love it. It really is. We love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys know a lot of contemporary pastors speak out of the message translation Bible, mm-hmm. right? Or this pastor speaks out of a brand new translation. It's the Tumblr Bible. Oh, Shut We love Tumblr, though. This is wow. great. Wow. A lot of emojis, a lot of abbreviations. Oh, I couldn't ask for And how many seats in here? Oh, it is 6,000 altogether. Babe, wow.
0: 6,000. Mm-hmm. I got to be in this worship band. That's Imagine true. me up on that Jumbotron mid guitar solo. Do you
2: know how many Instagram likes you get?
0: Oh, oh my
2: gosh. We find it hard to find a church right now because I grew up Catholic.
0: I grew and up Baptist, so... So,
2: like, we, we drink.
0: Yeah, but just in private. I mean, obviously, you get it. Basically, in terms of, like, worship, I think we're looking for, like, a Jesus culture type feel. Oh, I right? love
1: them. Hillsong, obviously. Oh, Lead you
0: to the Cross? Hillsong is great. Like, a Bethel minus the spontaneous yeah. stuff. Yeah. Just for me, I connect in worship more when the leader is attractive. Personally, I'm a Carrie Job guy. Oh,
1: okay. She's married.
0: So. Um.
2: So is Christian Stanfield. Wow. <laughs> so one of my personal favorite things about this church is the service times. Okay. There's an eight thirty, a ten, a one o'clock, a five thirty, and even a seven o'clock service. Oh, there's something around like two ish. Yeah, for us, for what we need, two two fifteen is best. Yes. Uh, how many songs do they do during worship? Usually five, five and a half, depending on where the spirit leads. Uh, wow, babe, is that, is that a, a lot? lot? Well, if that's too much that for you, they have a program here called the Worship Assist Program. Okay. So if you ever get tired during worship, an intern will come out and just hold your arms up. You just keep worshiping the King of Glory. Just like that. Wow. I love it. You can still look super spiritual. Huh?
1: And my arms get so tired from yoga.
2: Same. I actually like this church. I think we can make it work. It
0: was all right. I mean, it was it was good. But like I emailed the pastor and he didn't immediately respond. So uh, we're taking these vessels elsewhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously that's being funny, uh, but it is getting at the heart of something that is very real. Is that we start to view the church whenever we're understanding, our understanding of the kingdom of God is limited, just like the disciples was, to some kind of a new organizational structure. Then we start saying, well, how's that organizational structure going to benefit me? And Jesus gives a very simple but powerful answer to that, doesn't he? He says, if you want to be part of this, you must be a servant, you must become a slave. That doesn't sell real well. But then he follows it up, he says, for just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. It's a different perspective of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not about what you do even here at this church. The kingdom of God is about you giving your life in service to others. And that is not glamorous. And that is not easy. And that can be draining. Which is why we need the church to be an encouragement. And to be that place where we know we're not in this alone. That we have support from each other. But this is not the destination God didn't create you so that you could serve on a committee and volunteer at church. He created you so that you could serve all the people that you come in contact with, so that you could make a difference in the world around you. Now, please continue to be part of Journey. (laughs) Continue to come and serve God through this avenue, but never get to the place where you say, you know what? This is the destination. Because then it becomes miserable for everyone. Because you're going to find major flaws. You're going to say, you know, that organization could be better if they just did this, 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 and this. But everybody's thinking the same thing. (laughs) Jesus said that he did not come to be served. The creator of the universe did not enter into the world in order to be served in order to receive accolades, in order to be praised, the Son of Man entered into the world to serve others, to pour out Himself for us. And that's what He asks of us, to serve wherever you are. Allow God to use you to make an impact in His kingdom. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to serve you in so many different ways. And Lord, I just pray that you will just draw us into your presence each and every day, not just while we're in church, but that we will realize that we are part of your kingdom and that is a much bigger perspective than just these four walls. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who loves us so much that you came to give your life as a ransom for all of us, that you came to serve us. Lord, help us to follow that example each and every day. Lord, we love you. We thank you for showing us how to impact your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We are located at 1221 North Avenue C., Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God
2: bless you.